You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, this episode, we're going to be reviewing the the utter domination uh, that was of Boston College. And before we get this thing started, number one, we're aware that the game was much closer than the score implied, especially in the first half. But we have to talk about why this game was such an amazing win and why I'm flatly blown away at a point a little bit by it. Okay? So, this is this game to me was a game that most folks had as being a close game. And yet, we come away with a 33-7 win in which Boston College did not score after, uh, I want to say they didn't score after the eight-minute mark in the first quarter. 8.47. They did not score at all after 8.47. That is just bonkers. That is amazing, especially considering all the things that are going on in this game. So we're going to talk about why this win was so amazing and why this win gives optimism for the rest of the season. Okay, now, first of all, I told you all, here's the thing, right? I enjoy saying I told you so. I enjoy it. I really do. I'm not going to lie to you and say I don't. I told everybody that the University of No Consequences was going to be bad this year. I told everybody that Wake Forest was my sleeper team out of the entire ACC. And I said they could finish as high as second or third in the Atlantic. No, I said they could finish as high as third in the Atlantic. I said Wake Forest was a team that could finish as high as third in the Atlantic, which is honestly where I think they'll end up. I think they'll end up second or third, but we'll see. We'll see. But long story short, this this game here was, I, I mean, the thing is, I said of three different scenarios that could have happened with this game, and I could not have predicted what actually happened. I mean, I said that NC State could it was a, it was a possibility that we could boat race them up and down the field and just dominate offensively and all that good stuff to the point where they just didn't have any answer for it, and we would be able to stop Garwell. But the dominant fashion in which we stopped them was amazing was amazing i'm i'm gonna put some things out here statistically so that you can put in perspective how good this nc state defense was okay in the first two drives in the first two drives alone pat garo rushed four times for 46 yards. Okay? Four times for 46 yards. So in the first two drives, the man is averaging over 11 yards per carry. Right? 46 yards. Do you know how many yards Pat Garwell finished the day with? 50. 50. After rushing for 46 in the first two drives, he finished with 50. Ben Finley had more yards than Pat Garwo in the second half. More rushing yards than Pat Garwo. 
That is wow. That is just flatly astonishing. And the other part of why I didn't think that I would, or why this game was so surprising, we were flatly unable to run the ball well. That's just the reality. We did not, we were not physical enough up front to, uh, hey, we want to go here, we're going to go here. And yet, our passing game carried us, our defense carried us, our special teams carried us in a way that was just outlandish. Again, uh, and this is this is the thing that I find super interesting now. Their offense had 118 yards through the first two drives. 118 yards through the first two drives. And if you include the field goal drive in there as well, if you include the entire first half, basically. So the first half, 192 yards. Second half, 134. But the interesting part is no points allowed at all, at all after that first quarter. To pitch a shutout after that first quarter, oh, man. Oh, man. This this is just, it, it really was a domination for the ages. And it really flipped on his head. This game really flipped on his head in a matter of no time. Uh, the third quarter scoring took place over less than like 15 minutes real time. So first it was the, um, the fumbled snap on the punt that was returned by Devin Boykin. And, and by the way, Devin Boykin was huge all night. The pass breakup at toward the end of the second half, or I'm sorry, toward the end of the first half, rather, that causes Boston College what would have been a touchdown. It instead causes them to have an incompletion and then a 32-yard field goal, which they missed, their first missed field goal on the season, which was very interesting because as much as I like saying I told you so, this was one thing that both I and A.J. Black were wrong about. We both gave... Uh, Boston College did not in terms of kicking game. Boy, were we wrong. But anywho, Devin Boykin knocks out that pass from Trey Berry's hands in the end zone. Was his technique perfect? No. But he recovered. He got back. He knocked the ball out because of effort, because of want to, because of not giving up. And then, and then to start off the second half, he has the fumble, uh, the fumble snap return for a touchdown on that punt. And he had a few other breakups in the game as well. But, man, have a night, Devin Boykin. Have a night. Have yourself a night. But anywho, the the fact of the matter is that eight-minute game time stretch, 15-minute real-time stretch was absolutely amazing because after that, we then had an interception by Isaiah Moore. That Isaiah, that Isaiah Moore interception uh, immediately led to points the next drive, and then we get a quick three and out, and we get another touchdown, this time on a huge pass to Thayer Thomas that wasn't even intended for Thayer, but he steps in, gets uh, he steps in, makes the catch, turns upfield, and just goes. Two missed tackles, or two poor angles, rather. Later, boom, strike up the band. Devin Leary to Thayer Thomas. And by the way, 
the ACC, the crew that the ACC network is sending out, for Tim Hasselbeck to say, Thayer Thomas isn't really a big play receiver for the pack normally. Tell me you haven't done any preparation for this game without telling me you haven't done any preparation for this game. But anyway, so that play right there was what really bust the floodgates open. Because now after the fumble return, we go into halftime after the field goal uh, as the clock expired up 10-7. Then we get the fumble snap, 17-7. Then we get the touchdown. I want to say that one was to Dylan Parham. Let me see. Let me see. Yep, that was to Dylan Parham for four, um, for 24-7. And then we bury them with the Thayer Thomas play. Man. Man. The the fact of the matter is, I really would be a liar if I told you I saw that coming. Because historically, what have people ranted and raved about with Doran? What has been the thing that people have just beat down the doors about? And you know what? It, it's, it's amazing to me to see how easy they made things look in the second half. And we'll get there in just a second. But another thing that is easy is prize picks. College football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in daily uh, college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and offer all the star players of Power Five as well as mid majors that you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that sign up and use promo code Locked On will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match. Up to $100. You just pick two to five players. And then under over in their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed board entries as well. So as we get into uh, basketball season, just be prepared for that. Use the award-winning app that is in both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So again, I... The thing that blew me away also was that people have just just railed Dorn over the inability or the the lack of successful second half adjustments. Like I just said, the adjustments series to series were out of control. The adjustments series to series, we're seeing again, 46 yards first two drives, four yards for the rest of the game for Pat Garwell. Four yards for the rest of the game for that man. That you can't really make too many arguments about well, you're you're adjusting or you're not adjusting properly, and that's the case. 
in the entire first half, we put up 10 points. In the second half, even if you take away the uh, fumble return touchdown, you're still looking at a situation where we put up 14, and that was 14 with us kind of taking our foot off the gas afterwards. That is, I mean, and and to see a lot of people are were, were making the point that uh, we came out early on that first drive, throwing our first down, and we needed to do it more, and we needed to be able to uh, push the ball downfield more and all that. Absolutely, I agree. We should absolutely be uh, throwing more deep balls with Devin Leary. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, to say that uh, we made the adjustments that we did in this game, to see that we turned it around the way that we did in this game. Again, 192 yards allowed in the first half. And of that 192, 118 of those came on the first two drives. 118 of the the 192 that we allowed came on the first two drives. In total, Boston College had the ball four times. Four times now. And then you look at the last uh, drive that was really big. That one was aided by a god-awful roughing the passer, the weakest roughing the passer that I've ever seen. So if we take away that roughing the passer drive as well, or if we take away all the yards that came as a result of that and after that, you're looking at even less. And mind you, I'm counting the penalty yardage in that their total yardage here. This team did an off uh, uh, an amazing job of adjusting. This team did an amazing job of winning the second half. To win any quarter in a game 21-0 is just a, a spectacular feat. But then to go forth and finish out the game, the only scoring in the fourth quarter was a safety that we forced. Man, what a game. What a game. What a time. What a time. And, again, I'm so geeked up about this because, like I said, this game was going to tell us a lot about this team. And also, the things that we are seeing from around the conference, you have got to be geeked up. You have got to be. And not to say that this is a situation where, like, oh, you know, I you should be excited because everybody else is terrible or whatever the case may be. But a little bit. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's a part of it. You look at the other teams that we have left on our schedule. Miami doesn't look like they could tackle my grandma. And I mean, she's not the fastest in the world, but she's from Prattville, Alabama. She's tough as nails. I don't think she'll go down on first contact, especially against that Miami team. You're looking at all of these other teams. You're looking at a UNC team that couldn't stop Miami. Couldn't stop Miami. And I know what you're thinking. What do you mean they couldn't stop Miami? Of all of the FBS, not just Power 5, this is App State included now. Everybody except Central Connecticut State gets included in this. Of all the teams that they've played this year, their high on the season was 25 against App State. If we're talking Power 5, that number goes 
Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? It wasn't 25. It was 28 against UVA. It was 28 against UVA. Apologies. The Their high on the season was 28 against UVA. They put up 14 more points than that on UNC. They lost 45 to 42. So, Miami can't tackle to save uh, to save uh, their lives. UNC looked just atrocious as well, but they came up with just enough plays. And I, a lot of these teams were on down. I'm sorry, a lot of these teams were on buys, but. If we're looking at what we've seen all season uh, from Louisville, if we're looking at what we've seen all season from all these other teams, I mean, at the end of the day, if we're talking about what Louisville is or is not, right, Louisville is in a two-game losing streak right now. And of those two games, don't get me wrong, honestly and truly, with the exception of the uh, Ole Miss game, Louisville has been in every game that they've lost this year. Like, that is a team that is fighting, scrapping, and clawing, and that I believe will beat Boston College um, this upcoming week. But still, that's a team that has shown you can you can find your way against them. You can surely find your way against them. If we're talking FBS opponents against them. They allow 43 to Ole Miss. They allow 35 to UCF. They allow 23 to FSU. They allow 37 from Wake Forest. They allow 34 from UVA. That's a team that there's, they're pliable. There's there's ground to be gained there. And granted, their offense has looked really, really good at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been a very big proponent of Malik Cunningham is better than folks give him credit for. The only problem is he doesn't have much around him helping him out. Florida State, I mean, congratulations to them for winning their past couple of games. Um, but Syracuse and UNC really aren't moving the needle for me right now. So, again, like I've always said, like I've said since before this season even started, 10 is the number. We got to get there. We got to get there. We're 5-1 and one right now with what we got coming down the pipe as far as a Miami team without De'Aaron King, as far as the Louisville team, as far as Florida State, as far as an away game at weight. And, by the way, we're, we're away for Miami we're away for Florida State. We're away. We're on the road for Wake as well. Winning on the road at Wake for us has always been very difficult. But this team, something just feels different. Something just feels different. And I hope, I am hoping with the highest of hopes that this team is different. Because, again, looking at everything that we have in front of us, this is legitimately the first time in quite some time where I'm looking at the schedule and thinking, we just have to not piss down our legs. We just have to not piss down our legs. And it's it's it would be stupid of me to say there's no way that we do that because we've seen we've seen it already this season. But but with what we got in front of us, honestly and truly, I know that there is, of course, the idea that the the wounded animal is the one that you should fear the most because that one is gonna leap the highest, it's gonna bite the hardest, it's gonna you know, I get that. I get that. I understand that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I understand that. With Louisville, that's a team, again, uh, the the best version of Malik Cunningham is really, really good. Scary good. There's no ifs, ands, or but, buts about that. 
Then you've got a Florida State team that is starting to figure it out. They're starting to find their way. A Wake Forest team that's ranked ahead of us. The last undefeated in the ACC. Absolutely. A Syracuse team that has fought and battled and been in every single game that they have lost this year. I want you to think about this now. Syracuse is three and four, right? If you look at their schedule and look at all of their losses, only one of them has come by more than one possession. And that was their loss to Rutgers by 10 points. They lost to FSU by three in a game that honestly, I think they got shafted. I think that they should have beat FSU against Wake Forest and against Clemson. Dino Babers kind of choked away the game with time with uh, with clock management at the end. It's it's been inexcusable. It really has been. His his clock management at the end of games has just been so abysmal. It's like your guys are doing everything that they can to win. You have to do better for them. But they've been in every game. They've been in every game. That tells me something. Every game that they've played, every single one of them, either they won it or they've been in it till the dead end. That tells me something about this team. That tells me something about them. Even with what we're seeing out of this conference, they're 0-3 in this conference right now, right? I can guarantee you, if we don't see any blowouts against Virginia Tech, Boston College, Louisville, win, lose, or draw. If we don't see any blowouts in those games, I'm going to be watching intently when they when uh we or when they come to town when they come to the Carter because that is going to be a tough test because that team still hasn't quit on a coach that if they lose a good chunk of those next ones he's probably going to be fired so there's that um that's just the reality there and then of course last game of the season is a rivalry game but again we're better on paper than all these teams. We have performed better to this point than all these teams except maybe Wake. Wake is the only game where folks would say, oh, yeah, that team is um, or has performed better so far this season. But even with Wake, I'd say the same thing that I say about Boston College. The books are cooked. The books are cooked, ladies and gentlemen. They have played a bunch of teams that are middle of the road or worse, and they've gotten wins off against them. Best win on the season against UVA. That's your best win on the season. Not to say the UVA are complete and total slouches. Not to say that, because that team is five and two. That team is doing well in conference. They're three and two in conference. But to lose to a UNC team and then to allow the amount of points that they've been allowing to everybody except Duke, hmm, there's there's something to it. There's something to that. All I'm saying is we should, if we do handle our business, we should run the table here. But, but, it is incumbent upon us to handle our business. None of these teams that we have left are absolute, like, I'm not going to lie. If we had Duke on the schedule, I'd be like, yeah, we can chalk that up. We can chalk that as a win. We don't have Duke. We don't. Okay? But at the end of the day, years like this are how great programs are built. Years like this are where great programs make their hay because they take advantage of everybody else's downtime to say, you know what? Everybody else is in their downtime and we're in our uptime. We have to take advantage. We have to get to the ACC championship. We have to accomplish the goals that are out in front of us. Again, we don't need anybody else to do this. Just us. 
And like I said, this is how great programs are built. And Great Bodies are built by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. The new limited time flavor is the uh, pumpkin puff flavor. And when I tell you that they have nine delicious full-time flavors, you've got to try them. When you talk to Bill Bar fans about their favorites, they're passionate for a reason. If you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. You name it, there is something for everyone. My favorite flavor is the uh, grasshopper cookie. Like I said, it's a mint thin, just in uh, delicious protein bar form. You can't beat it. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. With up to 17 or 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and net carbs. And that is per bar, folks. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, all in one. So order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever it is that you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So we're about to land this thing. But this 33-7 domination of Boston College, it just feels, this season just feels different. Things are seeming to roll our way in a way that I have not seen in some time. This team is performing well. And we hope that this continues. But at the end of the day, again, this is the first team in a while that it hasn't been like, oh man, we're going to need that team to have a bad day against us. We're going to need that team to have a bad day against us and we'll be all right from there. Every team that we've got for the rest of the season, if they just are who they are and we are who we are, we should end up on top. Again, I'm. if you don't believe me, if you think I'm an idiot and I'm just talking, let's talk about the ESPN uh, matchup predictor here, okay? The ESPN's football power index. We are favored over... We are favored over Miami. We are favored over Louisville. We are favored over, let me see, Florida State. We are also favored over Wake Forest. And we are also favored over Syracuse. And we are favored over uh, the University of No Consequences here. So... I mean, and and by the way, by the way, of all of those games, right? The ESPN, uh, the ESPN football power index is like it. It basically is all of their numbers in their computer about what your team is or is not against your opponent. The closest one we have for the rest of the season is Miami, and we are fifty point nine. The matchup predictor. Uh, is 50.9% for us, 49.1% to Miami. Everyone other than that, we're at least 30% above. At least. For Louisville, 80.6% to 19.4%. For Florida State, 74.3% to Florida State's 25.7%. For Wake Forest, 56.5% to their 43.5. So I guess that one is the next closest at 13.5%. Syracuse, 86.5 to their 13.5. And the University of No Consequences, 68.5 to their 31.5. I mean, I'm not not saying anything that the experts aren't going to tell you as well. Not saying it. I'm not lying to you and telling you something that I haven't seen 
excuse me, with my own eyes. And I'm not afraid to go against the experts if, if need be. Again, I was the first one to say, that way, Forest team, keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on them. And now look at them. 6-0, undefeated, doing great in conference. So, that's all that is there. Anywho, thank you all so very much for coming out and listening today. I appreciate you all making me your first listen of the day. The numbers keep going up, and it's only because of y'all. It is, I am... I am just so grateful, so grateful for y'all who've been with me for forever and a day. And even for those who just started listening, thank you. Doesn't matter how long you've been on, don't matter how long you've been listening or how many episodes you've uh, heard, just that you heard this one and that you'll listen to the next one and the next one and the one after that and the one after that. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.